Hey guys, you're listening to a special edition of The Geek Awakens, all about our trip to C2E2 in Chicago, Illinois last weekend. Uh, I'm Mitch, and joining me is Matt. Hello. Tabitha. Hello. And Lydia. Hi. Okay, so we're going to talk about a few different things um, about C2E2. First, I want to talk about some of our favorite panels that we attended to. Now, we all, I don't think any one of us visited, like, I don't think we all attended a panel as a group, but we all, we all did manage to at least sneak in a couple. Um, for me, uh, it was really awesome to get to hear both David Tennant and Amy Jo Johnson, uh, just talk about their lives and careers and whatever. Um, I didn't have a question for either one of them. I've always kind of like gone into those panels, like being like, man, I should come up with a question, but it it never happens. But, um, but still just to be able to be in the same room and hear them talk was really cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh. Tabitha, let's talk about you for a second. What was, what, what was your favorite panel? Um, Why can't I talk? <laughs> can you we're, ever talk? We're going with it. Okay. We're just going with it. It's fine. Um, my favorite actually wasn't a panel. Um, AMC did a screening of Nosferatu, the Joe Hill book that's being made into a TV show. And like I was kind of excited for this, but like you're always nervous about adaptations, especially of books that you really enjoy, and you're like, oh god, what if the casting is crap? What if they, you know, veer from the storyline too far, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we actually got to watch like the first episode, and it is so wonderfully done. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it met and exceeded every expectation that I had. And I'm so geeked for the show to actually come out now. And I just really want to read the book before I continue on with the show. <laughs> Reread it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you you went to that as well, right? I yeah. did. I did. Um, I love Joe Hill. And so when I knew that this was happening, I, I probably geeked out harder than anybody should have by finding out that this preview, preview showing was happening. Um, I mean, I, I've been to a few cons. Um, I've never been to any panels. I just never managed to get that done. So this year I did get to do that. And this screening was one of them. Um, and it was. It was fantastic. Like There were parts of the show that came on um, that I had essentially forgotten about before they appeared on screen. Um, and then as they showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that really cool little tidbit that you know is part of the book. So it was it was those little things for me that really really pulled me in, and definitely I just wanted to keep sitting there and wanted to watch the rest of the season. I'm like I am already ready for this summer when it hits AMC and I can watch all the episodes. Was there were there any other panels that really stood out for you? Um, honestly, the it was probably the one that I didn't think would be. I don't know. It was one that I wanted to go to, but it wasn't necessarily one that I thought would I would. Like, super be into, um, but uh, I got to do three other panels, um, all writing-related. Um, they're all authors that were sitting on the panels. Um, but the coolest one was definitely the um, LGBTQ um, in YA writing. Um, them being up there, being able to talk about their experiences and how their experiences were um, like in their writing how they were able to give voices to not just themselves, but others, other people that have um, similar situations in life and the way that they're able to give a broader voice to um, to an underrepresented portion of the population, um, all while continuing to do what writers do, 
um, and having all of the same struggles that every other writer has trying to get published and dealing with editors and publicists and all of these things, but overcoming those as well as being part of an underrepresented and a smaller voice in writing. It was just, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved that panel. Um, I have every intention now to go back and find those authors and read, you know, their works based on the things that they said um, during that panel. And, and speaking to the, uh, the, you know, an underrepresented uh, group, uh, I also sat in on a panel about um, Asian Americans in, in pop culture. Um, and that, and um, two friends of the show, uh, Dawn uh, Zianamoon from Rack's Geek and then Wesley Sun, obviously from the Sun Brothers. Mm. Uh, they were both in on that panel. And so um, it was just, it was really interesting and it kind of to echo the same things that you said, just the, the talking about the struggles that not only them as, you know, Asian American creators, uh, the struggles that they have, but also, you know, the struggles that they see just sometimes seeing, but not seeing their group represented and also you know they, they talked about things like you know like whitewashing and how that is detrimental and you know everything mm-hmm. like that and it was it was really interesting um <clears throat> to to hear all that and to hear their experiences uh lydia what about you well i didn't go to uh anything quite as amazing as that but i only went to one panel and it was um a jackbox and friends panel um the cast of Hello from Magic Tavern uh, podcast were the main uh, focus of the group. So they were the ones that were actually playing the game. And then everyone in the audience got to join in on the games via the audience part of the games. It was a lot of fun. Um, they were all hilarious. And I actually want to go listen to their podcast now just because of that little interaction <laughs> from the stage. But there was... 247 people in just the audience of the game at one point. So, absolutely the largest game of Jackbox I have ever been a part of, and it was a blast. (laughs) That's awesome. So, um, all right, so part of the reason why we were at C2E2, it wasn't just to have fun. We were also there to work. We we were fortunate enough to get press passes. Uh, So... Interspersed with our with our talk about uh, our time at C2E2, we're going to uh, also talk about, uh, or we're going to also uh, highlight the interviews that we did mm-hmm. and also give you the opportunity to listen to them if you didn't get a chance to see them uh, posted on Facebook. Which, by the way, if you don't like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, now is your chance. Find us at the Geek Awakens podcast, uh, except for Twitter because... That name is too long for Twitter. It's, it's still just the Geek Awakens, at Geek Awakens on Twitter. But anyway, um, so the first interview that I want to talk about was one that Matt and I did on Friday, and it was with uh, Sarah, Jessamine, and Mallory, and they were with uh, both the Joliet Public Library as well as the uh, the Joliet uh, Museum, and mm. uh, talking about. Uh, an event that they have coming up in uh, in June. Yep. It was for uh, it's uh, it's the Joliet's uh, Public Library Star Wars Day. It's a really fun interview, and also it's a really fun uh, event, or at least it looks fun. I can't oh. really speak for experience, but it, it looks like a lot of fun. Um, and if you're in the Joliet area, definitely take you know keep that in the back of your mind and give that give that a shot. Uh, so without further ado, a, a deer, dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I've had too much coffee. Uh, or not, not enough. 
<laughs> okay, one of us needs to go home. So well, I volunteer as tribute. I feel like trash. I'll be back. <laughs> Never. So here's that interview. Hey guys, uh, Mitch here. And Matt. And we are talking with Sarah, Jessamine, and Mallory, and they are with the uh, with the Joliet Public Library as well as the uh, Joliet uh, Area Historical Museum. And uh, go ahead and tell us what cool thing you guys are planning. Sure. So um, on Saturday, June 1st, 2019, is our 10th annual Star Wars Day. Um, so it is our big Star Wars block party in downtown Joliet. So between the Joliet Public Library, the local history museum, and the Rialto Theater, we basically close down downtown and we have a block party for 10,000 of your closest friends and fellow Star Wars nerds. So yeah, we have a parade, we have food trucks, we have a costume contest, uh, Jedi duels, we have um, science experiments, the whole shebang, everything you'd want in a huge Star Wars day. And we even this year, because it's our 10th anniversary, are having a vow renewal where Darth can oversee your <laughs> renewals of your vows. And then we not only have this day, but we also have stuff leading up to our day, and Mallory can tell you about that. So, leading up to it, I think the first thing we have going on is our free comic book day, am I right? Yes. So this is kind of kicking off our summer challenge at the Joliet Public Library, because you know, Star Wars Day started to promote literacy in our community. So free comic book day is May 4th, it's at our downtown Auto Street branch, all ages are welcome, and you can come out, free comic giveaway until we run out of them. And we also have a Star Wars trivia night on May 29th. Museum, you want to talk about your stuff? Sure. So one of the games that we do during Star Wars Day is we actually have like little Star Wars figurines hidden throughout the exhibits for kids to find. It's like a scavenger hunt. Um, and that way they can actually go through the exhibits as well. So it really highlights the history of Joliet. And so leading up to Star Wars Day, starting May 11th, we have those things up so the kids can go through any of those times. And then May 11th actually our free day where we're open to the public and they can go through throughout the whole day. So, yeah. That's awesome. So um, tell us just real quick, like how did how did this start? Like, you know, why why you know in Joliet was like, hey, let's do this Star Wars Day, and it's and it's worked, and it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to pass this off to the library since they're the ones who officially started it. Sure. So while I wasn't here 10 years ago, um, Joliet Public Library really wanted to reach out to the local Star Wars community. The 501st Legion is kind of present. Um, a lot of its members are really active in the library, and we thought, okay, let's take advantage of this. Let's really promote literacy, because, I mean, you know, maybe kids don't want to read, but for sure they like Star Wars, right? So if you come to Star Wars Day, you might be able to see Darth Vader, but maybe you'll also find a new comic book or a graphic novel or something else at the library that you like. It got bigger and bigger and bigger as more people talked about it, and so we thought, Let's, let's get everybody in on this. Let's reach out to our local community partners, and instead of making this a library thing, let's really emphasize our commitment to our community and make it a community thing. So between the Rialto Theater and our friends at the local History Museum, we're able to do so much more than you know a couple people in costume. We're able to basically take over this community and share our love of everything Star Wars with a bunch of people and it's been really great. And people will come in for Star Wars Day, 
and then maybe they'll sign up for a library card. Maybe they'll go down to our digital media studio, see our 3D printing. Maybe they'll see a poster while they're in the building and say, oh yeah, you know, I think I'd actually like to do that as well. Um, I'll come to meet a sloth and a flying fox, or I'll go learn Mediterranean cooking. We have a self-defense uh, class coming up soon too. So it's like, there's so many other things going on that we just use Star Wars as kind of a lure and just to sh like show people that we don't just take your tax dollars at your public library. We're here for you as a resource for fun, for local history, for you know digital media, everything you could possibly want. Nice. Uh, Matt, do you have any other questions? Now you mentioned that there are, um, you get some artist cards out here. Do they, they show up and they have some of their wares available? Yeah, so every year we um, have a new set of cards. So the cards you see at our booth are from previous years, and on the back it'll tell you the artist and there's a place for them to sign. So on the second floor of the library, it's called, it's our version of Artist Alley. It's a lot smaller, but still very cool. Um, so yeah, the artists are there. You can si have your cards signed. And in addition, um, we also have a bunch of other vendors selling collectibles and memorabilia. So it's just a giant Star Wars day. It's really, really fun. Awesome. That well, awesome. It does. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, if you're in the Joliet area, uh, June 1st, make sure you check this out. Uh, thank you so much, and thank we will you. see you guys later. Thanks. So for more information on Star Wars Day and also just to check out the other stuff that uh, that they're doing, uh, be sure to follow Joliet Public Library, Joliet Area Historical Museum, as well as the Rialto Theater. Uh, they're all on Facebook. Uh, so, all right. So we also, um, a, another huge part of C2E2 is just the experience of C2E2. You know, we all had a couple of fun moments, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's actually cosplaying as something, whether it's uh, seeing just, like, an amazing cosplay, um, or just, like, something cool that happened on the show floor, because that's, I think, where a lot of us spend mm. most of our time. Um, Lydia, let's start with you, and if it's not, if this isn't your favorite moment, I'm going to let you tell your favorite moment, but... You also had a little uh, karaoke moment. Oh, God. You had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> you knew I was going to. <laughs> yeah, I should have known. Um, so outside of the main showroom floor, they had a DJ set up um, all weekend. They kind of rotated DJs out. Um, on Sunday, I was kind of hanging out by myself, and I ended up over by that DJ. And he started out doing, like, music trivia. Like, I don't even remember what he started with, but he did, like, video games and TV show themes and stuff like that. And... Uh, whoever got it right, he gave a prize to, like, a little comic book or a poster. And he started doing Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he said, I will give a poster to the person that can rap this song as good as the original. <laughs> me being the dummy I am, I raised my hand. <laughs> so he called me up, handed me a microphone, and I rapped... Fresh Prince Bel Air theme along with Will Smith in front of a crowd of God knows how many people. You care to give us a little sample? No. I'm really kind of disappointed we missed that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start scouring the internet because someone had to have Instagram posted that somewhere. Yeah, that's it's true. Gotta, it's got to be in, it's in the ether. I'm finding <laughs> Find everything tagged with C2E2 and see what we come up with. Give, you, me, give me an hour. I'm better than the FBI on the internet. So. I, was, I was about to say, though, you also, you know Tabitha. She she just won't she rest. She find it. Show up so. in group chat later tonight. <laughs> 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 you like, guys, look. 
Look what I found. I'll literally be 30 minutes. <laughs> so, okay. So, now that now that I embarrassed you, what was you, what was your actual favorite moment of C2E2? I mean, hanging out for that whole little section of that, with that DJ was quite fun. That was probably one of my favorites because he he probably did that like music trivia back and forth with the crowd for a good hour and a half. So that was a lot of fun. Um, another cool thing was there was um, an acrobatic circus kind of like just roaming around the show floor. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them were in cosplay and they were juggling and doing acrobatics across the floor. And um, one of them was dressed as Jareth doing the contact juggling mm-hmm. and it, it was really cool and just like random middle of the show, just all of them doing their thing. Nice. Tabitha, what about you? What was your uh, favorite part of C2E2? So, I learned something this year, and it was something that I never really paid attention to. It's not my first C2E2. It's definitely not my first convention. But you see all these cosplays. You see 364,426 Harley Quinns, and <laughs> double that in Captain Marvels this year. But it's the people who are dressed like the things that maybe not everybody gets. <laughs> that get really excited when you walk up to them. And, like, I never have been that person to be like, oh, my God, I love your cosplay, because I don't like people. But um, this year, like, I realized that it's not about being the most popular cosplay there. It's about the people's reaction when they see you. Mm -hmm. Because I made some girls a whole life twice. Because I found a lion cat from Saga, and I literally shrieked and ran at her like a child at Disneyland. You left me in the dust. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was no more. Like, I looked up, and I'm like, where'd you go? Like, oh, lion cat. There's Tabitha. Found her. But, like, I, I did. I squealed like a small child and basically ran at her like a kid at Disney, like, fighting <laughs> Mickey for the first time, like, arms up, like, ah! And, um... She was she was geeked, and then I there was a girl dressed as Coraline, like doll Coraline, button eyes, everything. Mm. One of the best, most simple things I've ever seen, and I just like I stood there, like all like starry eyed, looking at her, like oh, I love you, like <laughs> <laughs> hi, I'm awkward, but um, I it's something I hadn't really ever thought about because I don't cosplay. Mm. It's not something I do. It's not something I'm super interested in doing. Like to the full extreme that these people go through because I'm lazy. So it's just the work they put into it, but I think it's the watching the people's reactions to them that is my favorite. Mm. Matt, what about you? I have to say mine is something fairly similar to that because um, I've always enjoyed seeing all the different cosplays, um, but I think this year in particular there were a couple that really kind of just blew me away in their um, detail. Um, and how cool they were. And I think, hands down, the number one best one for me was the guy dressed as Voltron. The oh, yeah. Full, the full suit. He was in, like, the hydraulic, um, like, what are they called? The Like, the lifts mm-hmm. for your feet. So, like, every time he stepped, he sounded like a robot because it was, you know, hissed or whatever. But he was so cool. And he was so open to, obviously, just standing and taking pictures and posing super awesome. So I got a picture with him. I got to take pictures of him. I saw him around the floor. Um, I mean, Voltron was a huge part of my childhood. So that was just awesome. Um, and then I, for the first time ever, cosplayed. Um, and I did something that was really super simple, but super fun. And one of my favorite characters. Um, I dressed as Arthur Dent from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and 
like Tabitha said, like people's reaction to me as Arthur Dent, you know, when I'd walk by and somebody would say, hey, 42, or hey, don't forget your towel. It's like, that's awesome. Like, right. that was fantastic, you know, and I did. I had I had one uh, I had one girl on towards the end of the day asked to stop and take a picture with me, which wasn't something I expected to happen. I didn't think anybody would want to take a picture with me as in cosplay. <laughs> that's not the way I thought it would be. Um, but then my other favorite moment was on the cover for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is this green guy, like no eyes, big mouth, long, skinny arms. And there was a guy dressed as that. And we bumped into each other in the middle of the show floor. And we both like mouth squealed, yeah, like, squealed <laughs> like, like mouth dropped, like, ah, it was so cool. So then we took pictures together and he gave me an extra towel to carry around for the rest of the day. And it was like that was awesome. That was probably overall my favorite moment, like on the show floor. Nice. Kind of adding on to the cosplay thing, um, there were several ones that I I noticed, but I kind of had a similar thing. Um, I went out to go to the room, and as I was coming back in, I saw somebody walking by in a cosplay. I'm like, by the time I get to security, they're gonna be gone. <laughs> but I actually caught up to them, but they were dressed as Wirt and Greg from Over the Garden Wall. And it, was, it was just so cute, and it made my day, and I sent it to my friend, and he was super happy, too. So it was really awesome. Nice. So um, I'm actually going to talk about my favorite moment after the break, um, because your your cosplay kind of um, segues into <laughs> our next interview. Uh, we interviewed... Uh, Sarah from Beaker Creatures and Learning Resources. Uh, I say it segues because Matt was in that cosplay during this interview. <laughs> so, um, as as was I. Well, not in that cosplay, but I was. I was also. I was dressed up as uh, Peter B. Parker from End of the Spider Verse. Nobody wanted my picture because I'm not as famous as Matt. But you know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But um, I think that was probably just because you're Spider Man. <laughs> wow. All right there. Um, but anyway, so listen to this interview and um, Beaker Creatures, it's it's definitely geared towards towards kids, uh, but it's so cool. And the the audio isn't going to do it justice, so definitely check out this video as well on Facebook. Um, just speaking for if for nothing else, the uh, the cool background that they had or the setup mm-hmm. that they had, you yep. know. So uh, but yeah, so Sarah, Beaker Creatures, check it out. Hey guys, Mitch and Matt here, and we are talking with Sarah with uh, Learning Resources and Beaker Creatures. And uh, Sarah, go ahead and just uh, give us a real quick rundown of what Beaker Creatures is all about. Sure, okay, so Beaker Creatures is where science meets collectible kids' toy. Uh, the beakers come in a little pod, you react it, it fizzes and fizzes, and then you get the, uh, your own specific little creature, and you can collect all the families and see all the different wacky things that they have. Which is kind of awesome, because we were looking at these earlier, and I... I want to, as somebody in like his <laughs> mid thirties, I want to do all these. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of like, so what is the the kind of the, the target age range for these? The target age is five plus. I mean, I mean, you want to do it, so whatever <laughs> old you are too. But yeah, five plus is the age for it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, for anybody who's not here this weekend at CTE two, how can they get a hold of these? They can get a hold of them on our website, learningresources.com. You can get them on Amazon as well. You can also get them in stores at Target or Walmart. Awesome, awesome. And I know, Matt, you had a couple of questions too. Yeah, um, just curious because I did see a couple of different sets. Um, yeah. What are the differences between the sets? You know, is they, do they come with extra creatures or extra... Right. 
So the liquid reactor lab set is the original set that we had, and that does come with two pods in it. And then we also have the magnification chamber, which spins. So there's all different ways to, to have the pod fizz and come out. The first one has plungers. The second one has uh, spinners. So it's just fun for the kids to feel like a mad scientist. Yeah. That is cool. I have two boys, and I'm just looking at this going, like, they love all of those, like, crack them open collectibles. Like, this is, like... I'm definitely getting some of these before I leave because they will love them. That's great, yeah, and that's the fun because it is a mystery until you open it. And we do have rare gold creatures too oh. and color-changing creatures, so that's the catch, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm all about the gold creatures like, <laughs> right now. Let me just go ahead and buy them all. Um, I guess just to kind of tie everything up, is there anything else that we that we missed out on that we that you know the, the audience needs to know about with Beaker Creatures? You know, crazy creatures, smart science, uh, come check it out. We have over 100 characters so far, and it's growing. Nice. Yeah. So, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk yeah, to us. Yeah, of course. Bye. Thank you. So for more information on Beaker Creatures and learning resources in general, be sure to follow Learning Resources on Facebook. Um, so, my favorite moment of C2E2, uh, so, if, if you guys don't know this about me, um, Wheel of Fortune has been a big part of my life ever since I was a kid. I've always wanted to be on Wheel of Fortune. Um, I even a few years ago auditioned to be on Wheel of Fortune, made the callbacks, and then, um, things didn't go so well for me. And... <laughs> And I've always said I'm going to audition again. I just haven't done it yet, but it's it's coming. It's coming. So anyway, so I say all this. Uh, so Saturday, um, not Seth and I are just kind of like walking on the floor, and um, there, you know, the the Marvel booth. I, I say booth, but it's like a, the Marvel area. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like smack dab, like right when you first get in there. <clears throat> and so we're walking by. And, like, there's nobody really in the Marvel area. And, but I see on the big screen, like, they've got, like, the what looks like the Wheel of Fortune board, you mm-hmm. know. I'm like, oh, this could be exciting. So, but there's nothing going on. So we actually we walk around for to another booth, <clears throat> just kind of wandering, spending money we don't need to spend. But, you know, whatever. And so then I hear them say something like, you know, like, oh, we'll be playing a game in, like, five minutes. And, like, I put two and two together and, like, oh, we're playing some Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> So, so I head over to, over to the area, and they they made it explicit that they're not playing Wheel of Fortune because you know copyrights and what and whatnot. But um, so they're like saying, you know, we need two you know two people. Raise my hand, you know, like, and uh, at this point, I've transitioned from Peter B. Parker to Poochie um, from The Simpsons, and nobody got that cosplay either. But hey, that's okay. Um, so, so I'm wearing a purple uh, purple baseball cap. And the guy even, you know, the guy points at me, he's like, purple cat, get up here. <clears throat> so, like, sweet. So, I get up there. So, it's me versus another person. And, um, so, if you've ever, if you've never watched Wheel of Fortune, first of all, who are you? Second of all, um, the, like, the, the last round before the bonus round, you know, they, you don't get to spin the wheel at this point, but, like, you just, you call out a letter, and if there's a letter, if that letter's on the board, then you get five seconds if, in, to get the, uh, to get the puzzle, if it's if you're wrong or you don't get it, you move on to the next player, so on and so forth. So, um, so basically, that's what we were playing. We were playing like the the last round before the bonus round. Okay. So I call out, you know, an S because whenever I play Wheel of Fortune, S is always the first letter I call. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> and digress. Yeah, there are two S's in there. Oh Lord. 
<laughs> so there's no S in the, in the puzzle. Okay, whatever. The second per you know, the next person plays, there's not a letter. And then so I go go to R, and there's an R in that puzzle. And I look at it for two seconds. And this is, I thought it was this at the beginning, but I was like, I wasn't for sure. I didn't want to blurt it out. Um, but uh, but I was like, there's an R at the very end. It's one word. It's got to be Molnier, which is Thor's hammer. And so I guessed it, in, which I was a little bit nervous because I'm never sure that I'm pronouncing that right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I still got the puzzle right. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, you know, like, everybody was, like, super impressed because I got it with one letter. And, like, mm, whatever. I watched Wheel of Fortune. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then I step off to the side. They have a new round. And then it's me versus the other person. And the category for this last one is before and after, which if you've never, if you're not familiar with that, basically it's two different phrases with... Like the last word in the first phrase is the first word in the second phrase, you know. And so, uh, needless to say, I didn't get that one correct. I was really, I was kind of disappointed in myself, but you know, it's whatever. So, the person who won got this really awesome Spider-Man print. Um, like it was, it looked really cool. And then I got a, uh, a t-shirt. It was a uh, size small. And um, if you've ever met me in person, I am not a size small. <laughs> but um, it, it did stay in the Geek Awakens family And I ended up giving it to Lydia But anyway, I say all this That was my favorite moment Because at this point in my life That is the closest I've been to being on Wheel of Fortune <laughs> And I am okay with it So um, before we go- move on to our last interview uh, We want to talk about some of the uh, some of the celebrities that we got to meet um, And uh, Matt, we'll start with you Because I don't think we've started with you yet Okay um, so I kind of hemmed and hawed all weekend um, until Sunday about actually doing this. But um, Sunday I caved and spent the money and um, got in line to get Nolan North's autograph. Um, he's voiced Nathan Drake um, and other video game characters. He was on, what, Pretty Little Liars for ABC Family. Um, but uh, I've always loved the Uncharted games and, like, his voice for me is synonymous, obviously, with that character. So I did. I I decided to go ahead and spend the money and get the autograph, um, which was super cool. I mean, he's super laid back. Everything was was really chill about the interview, or the autograph. Um, he even wrote, you know, like Nathan Drake's like Latin phrase on the print as he signed it. Nice. Um, and then as uh, Tabitha and I were walking around, uh, we were walking through Artist Alley and noticed that. Uh, Jason Aaron, who has been writing Thor for the last probably three years now, um, was going to be signing at his table. And it was like 10 to noon, and he was going to sign from noon to 2. And I'm looking, and I look at the line, I'm like, that doesn't look that bad. All right, let's do it. Let's go stay in the line. So I ran, and I bought a Thor comic because I didn't have anything with me. And I did, and I got, got Jason Aaron's autograph on a Thor comic. So super excited that I've now, like, after this weekend, you I mean, I've got some art that I bought in Artist Alley that was signed by the artist, but nothing from celebrities mm-hmm. before. So that was that was a cool first for me at this con. Nice. Um, I did. I got a chance to meet a few people. Um, I say meet, but like a lot of these situations, it's it's very like in and out, in and out, you know. Um, but I got photo ops with um, uh, with David Tennant, John Barrowman, and then the two that I'm. Most excited about it. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Uh, not that it was, wasn't was awesome to be like two inches away from David Tennant, but you know. Um, but I also got um, autographs and photo ops with uh, 
Walter Jones, who was the original Black Power Ranger, mm-hmm. and Amy Jo Johnson, who was the original Pink Power Ranger. I say all this because getting getting the chance to meet these two people um, kind of completed something for me. Something that I didn't even really realize that I was working towards until, like, as we got closer to C2E2 and it finally it all clicked. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait a second. So with them... Um, I got a chance to meet um, five of the original six Power Rangers, and that was so amazing to me because, you know, Power Rangers, you know, it's still kind of my jam. It's not like I watch it, you know, on the reg or anything, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but when I was a kid, like, Power Rangers was my jam. It was the thing that was actually, that was, it was my first thing that wasn't, you know, just, oh, I watched this because my brother watches it or, you know, anything like that. So it was it was awesome to to finally kind of complete that, and now I need to figure out how I'm going to display all of them together because that's going to happen. Um, Lydia, what about you? Um, the only um, celebrity thing that I got to do was I got a photo op with Ming Na Wen, and like you said, a very quick in and out, but it was really cool just to get a picture with the voice of Mulan and. Like, the 30 seconds that I got to spend with her, like, she seems like a really cool person, and I would love to actually, like, talk to her at some mm-hmm. point, but, hey, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll take my picture yeah. for now. <laughs> maybe maybe next year. I mean, those press passes can do wonders. <laughs> hey. So, uh, Tabitha, what about you? Um, this is, I think, the first year that I've gone to C2E2 and not, like, scheduled an autograph. Um, I did pick up um, a Nolan North autograph as well for a friend of mine. But um, for myself, I didn't really do anything this year. But I did find out that my very large caffeine addiction pays off because we were actually <laughs> in line for Starbucks. And two people behind us was S.A. Chalker Bordy, um, who is a recent debut author um, in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And um, she just happened to be standing there, and I'm like, I don't want to be weird, because she's just trying to get her caffeine on. Like, I get it. But I decided to be weird. And I was like, hi, can I take a picture with you? And she ended up signing some bookmarks for us and, like, hanging out there in the never-ending Starbucks line while they messed up every order God ever created. Tried to close us in. Tried to lock us in with her. Like, she was just really chill, really Mm. wonderful, and, like... When it comes to, like, celebrities and stuff, like, I'm kind of whatever, but when it comes to authors whose works I've read, like, that's my jam. Like, you're not only meeting someone who can say somebody else's words and do somebody else's job and just be a voice for something, but you're meeting someone who uses their own voice to make content, Mm. and I think that's really cool. So, she was really amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the last interview that we're going to share with you today um, was with uh, David from Topside Games, and Tabitha and Matt actually got a chance to talk with him on Sunday. Um, Now, in the interview, you also find, like, they're slowly kind of working their way into more shops, but but for now, they're... uh, you can definitely find them online, uh, topsidegames.com, or also you can find them on Amazon. Yep. So uh, without further ado, check that uh, check that interview out. All right, Tabitha here from the Geek Awakens with David from Topside Games. How are you this morning? Good, how are you? Good. Day three? Still awake? Well, I'm slowing down. I yeah. Admit, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so are we. We've had a lot of coffee, but I feel like we're going to crash here a little bit. Um, so first, just tell us a little bit about where we're at, what we're doing. Sure. Uh, well, we're a relatively new game company. Uh, we started uh, selling games about a year and a half ago. Um, I also own a toy store, okay. uh, and that's kind of how I got into the business. And so now we're publishing games. Uh, we have 11 games out right now. 
and we'll probably launch a couple more games yet this year. Okay. And things are going great. We're off to a, a running start. We love doing shows. We sell mostly wholesale to the toy stores, but okay. we do shows like this, and it's it's really fun to actually kind of interact with people. And this year is our second year here, and we're getting people who bought games last year uh, who are giving us great feedback, Wonderful. coming to the booth and sharing with us. So, you know, all th thumbs up. Our business is going great. Wonderful. So how did you get into, I mean, you own a toy store, but how did you get into board game creation? Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a hobby, and it quickly slid <laughs> uphill or downhill, depending on your perspective. Uh, and I've got three kids, uh, two boys, heavily into video games, like every boy, uh, and uh, really just trying to pull them away from the screen, both for my wife and I, but also for my parents, uh, who live close to us. Mm -hmm. And just a way for them to all connect and sit around the table and do something. Wonderful. Um, so, from what I talked to Mitch, and he had already spoke to you yesterday, these are all kind of your brainchild. Yeah, yeah. How did you, how, what is your process for creating <laughs> a new board game? Uh, well, each one is different. Uh, sometimes it's just trying to uh, get a mechanic working that I think might be fun. Like this game on the end uh, with the mountain theme was just called the circle game all the way through testing. And then in graphic design, we finally put a theme to it. Uh, other games, we have an airplane game. I always wanted that to be an airplane game, so it always had that theme. And then just trying to build the mechanics around it. So it's, it's always different for every okay. game. So of all of the ones you have here, which one is your favorite? Do you oh, have a favorite? That's an impossible question. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so if not... Say, yeah. pick one of your favorites and a quick description of what it is and how you play Sure, it. sure. Uh, you know, one of my favorites uh, is Cookie Scouts versus Aliens that we're actually standing right in front of. Uh, it's a cooperative game, and I've just, you know, at shows like this, it just, I think people think the theme is funny, then they hear about the game, and it's a, it's silly in a number of ways, and people, it's... Uh, it's up to six players, so people are like, for game night with friends or for our family, we can play it. And uh, I always get kind of laughs and positive reactions whenever I show the game. So it's quickly be kind of becoming my favorite. It's a favorite uh, at our, uh, amongst the people here. Uh, we're, we're, we're selling it like crazy here. Awesome. Um, and how else can people get a hold of these games if sure. they're not here today sure. or this weekend? Well, we're slowly making our way into specialty retail around the country probably have a better presence west than we do east, but you can buy them off of topsidegames.com. They're all for sale there, and then we're also on Amazon. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, we thank you for your time. Yeah, and thank you. Nice, quick, short, sweet, to the point, but we wanted to get your product out there for you. Yeah, so, thank you. Appreciate absolutely. it. Have a great show. Absolutely. You too. So once again, check out uh, Topside Games either at topsidegames.com or look for them on Amazon. Um, so that's going to kind of tie up our uh, C2E2 special. Uh, C2E2 2020, it, they announced the dates for that, and it's actually going to be in February next year. It's going to be February 28th through March 1st, um, which is, it sounds like it's only two days, but next year's leap year, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um so, with that said, uh, thanks again for checking us out. Uh, be sure to also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be posting news uh, news, and just fun things uh, from time to time. So, uh, that said, we are still we're about to record our current episode, so we're going to tie this up in a nice little bow. I think I've said tie this up like seven times already, but you know what? It's fine. It's whatever. That's what I do when I decide to wing it. <laughs> um, so... Uh, thanks again, guys, and we will see you later. Everybody, say bye.
Bye. Bye.